Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. What's up, squad? Welcome back to the show. I am here solo today to talk to you about how you can create fat loss without calorie counting. And I have to tell you, I am recording this episode because earlier this week, I was talking to my diet-free fat loss formula group coaching program. And we are currently in module four, talking about how to create fat loss that lasts. And of course, we were talking about the caloric deficit and how if you want to create fat loss, you do have to create a caloric deficit. However, that does not mean you have to count calories. I said something similar on our group coaching call. And one of the rock stars in the group responded by saying, Nicole, I hear you. I get when you say you don't have to count calories, but it feels like I do. How the heck do I actually create fat loss if I don't want to count calories? And I thought, holy shit, that's a great question. I need to answer this and make sure that everybody has access to this answer because you may be feeling similarly. You know that I openly talk about not needing to count calories in order to create fat loss. But what the heck do you do then if the only way to create fat loss is through a caloric deficit? Now, before we dive into all the fun stuff, I want to start at the beginning or at least 10 plus years ago (laughs) when I was a chronic calorie counter. I want to paint a picture for you. I am not a big advocate of losing body fat by way of only calorie counting because I've been there. I've done it. And it is not, or I should say for me, it was not healthy mentally. It was also not healthy physically. And I do find that working with women, it's a very slippery slope using a calorie counting app or tool for feedback for data, which I am a big advocate of now. And having that slide into obsessive compulsive territory. I'm very sensitive to this because years ago, I logged every single morsel of food that went into my mouth into my fitness pal. I logged my fish oil supplement. I would track chewing gum if I ate a piece of gum. I would track crystal light, which had zero calories. It was bad. It was really bad. I would track absolutely everything and I would feel good about my day. I would feel worthy about myself if and only if I ended the day at 999 calories or less. Why? Who knows? Arbitrarily, my brain told me that if I ate less than a thousand calories a day, I was doing a good job. 
Did I lose weight throughout this process? Absolutely, yes, I did. I also lost bone density. I also lost muscle mass. I also lost my sanity and my mental health. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. It completely destroyed my life. I was chained to my fitness pal. When I woke up, I would log first thing in the morning exactly what I was going to eat. Before I had lunch, I would check in to see if I was allowed, air quotes, to eat what I thought or planned to eat because what if my fitness pal told me it had too many calories? I let the app tell me when it was okay to eat and when I had had enough and it was not okay to eat. Even when I was hungry, going to bed with a growling stomach that felt like it was eating itself. If you Google toxic calorie counter, (laughs) my picture would be the first on the Wikipedia page. I had a terrible relationship with my fitness pal. And I've even shared before how, when I finally decided that I had a problem and calorie counting was not serving me and I needed to take a break from it and take a step back. I couldn't, I hate to use the word addicted because I have seen addiction in real life, but I had a major problem letting go of this false sense of control. That was my fitness pal. I would tell people in my life who were holding me accountable that, oh yeah, I'm not logging. And secretly I was logging to see if something, you know, had a lot of calories in it or whether I was good or bad that day. It was really ugly and terrible for a long time. So I'm super sensitive to the fact that yes, calorie counting can be a tool, but for some people it's not a helpful tool because we've abused it in the past. For other people, they know themselves enough to know that they don't want that kind of very specific data. They don't need that level of feedback. Now, let's switch gears and talk about fat loss for a second. Most of this you already know, but just to reiterate, when we have a fat loss goal, we need to understand that Body fat is essentially an energy storage depot. Our bodies store excess energy in adipose tissue, mostly under our skin, sometimes in our body cavity and very little amounts in our muscles. But when we have excess body fat, our basically just stores it and saves it for later. When we consume through food and beverage more energy than we need, and remember, calories are units of energy. So I could interchangeably say when we consume more calories than we need, our body stores that excess energy, the extra calories as fat over time, this process leads to gaining body fat. The inverse is also true. When I eat less energy than my body needs to maintain all of its functions, my body pulls from my fat storage over time. When this process is repeated, that results in fat loss. So if you have a fat loss goal, you must be eating in a caloric deficit, which means you are consuming less energy, fewer calories than your body expends to maintain your current size. This will require your body to pull energy from your fat storage, which will lead to fat loss. So while we cannot create fat loss without being in a caloric deficit 
in being aware that calories exist and are a metric we need to be very aware of when it comes to wanting to lose body fat, we do not have to count them, track them, feel obsessed or controlled by them in order to reach our fat loss goal. So I am going to share with you several alternative ways to create fat loss without calorie counting. But before I do, I want to say that I simply shared my calorie counting experience with you. And I know that that is not a universal experience. I have many clients and colleagues who choose to count calories in a way of losing body fat. And it works really well for them. Calorie counting itself, calories themselves, are totally neutral. Our experience, our relationship with these tools, like MyFitnessPal, LoseIt, Chronometer, other similar apps, is what can lend itself to either a healthy or unhealthy experience, a positive or negative experience. So I want you to know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with calorie counting. It is a helpful tool for a lot of people. But on the flip side, I know that there are a lot of people who, like myself, have a disordered relationship with it, know that they've slipped into unhealthy territory before and choose not to lose body fat that way. And there's another population of people who doesn't want to track their calories. They don't see it as being a long-term approach that they can confidently sustain. So they prefer to go about fat loss an alternate way. And that is a totally viable option. So for those of you listening who love calorie counting, want to keep calorie counting, go for it. This may not be the podcast episode for you, but if you have tried calorie counting before, hated every second of it, tried it and just didn't love how it made you feel or have no interest whatsoever in calorie counting to create fat loss, here are some other options for you. Option number one is to convert calories to portions. And instead of counting calories and focusing on calories, focus on building balanced plates. I want to break down some science for you because I don't think a lot of people are aware of this. Calories count. They always count. They always matter. They are totally neutral. There is nothing bad about calories. Calories are the units of energy that supply our body with what it needs to exist and function and perform well. In a single palm-sized serving of protein that looks like about four ounces of a meat source, let's say chicken for example, there is approximately 150 calories per serving. In a single serving of carbohydrates, a cupped handful or a half of a measuring cup, an apple, one slice of bread, half a cup of rice, quinoa, black beans, etc., there is approximately 120 to 150 calories per serving. One serving of fat, one to two tablespoons or one to two thumb sizes, olive oil, butter, avocado, nut butter, seeds, etc. There is approximately 150 calories per serving. And a serving of vegetables, approximately 50 to 80 calories per fist size or cupped size handful. Now, you don't have to be aware of those calories. Just know that they exist. And if we aim to build a balanced plate, 
with a single serving of protein, a single serving of carbohydrate, a single serving of healthy fat, and a single serving of vegetables, you are creating a balanced meal, a balanced plate with approximately 500 calories. So if you are aware of how many calories you need to create fat loss, you know how many calories you need to be in a, a caloric deficit and successfully create fat loss, you could simply focus on building three balanced meals and potentially having one or two snacks, which would bring you to approximately 1750 to 2000 calories a day. That is a completely viable option. And a lot of people prefer to focus on building balanced meals and snacks that feel both satisfying and satiating rather than focusing on the tracking and the counting of calories. Now, this approach does still require you to be calorie aware, meaning you can't just have 17 balanced meals throughout the day and expect to lose body fat. The quantity of the food that you're eating still matters. But I think it's helpful sometimes to break down that calories exist in the foods that we eat. And if we prefer to focus on the number of portions we're eating throughout the day, that is basically the same thing. And I don't need an app to do that. Now, what if you want nothing to do with calories? You don't wanna to have to track the number of portion sizes you're consuming. You don't necessarily want to focus on building a balance plate every single time you eat. Well, option two, might be a better fit for you. And option two is tuning into your hunger and fullness cues consistently. You are born, we are all born with the ability to listen to our hunger and fullness cues. I have a six month old son. And let me tell you, when he's hungry, he lets me know it. <laughs> and when he is full, it doesn't matter if I want him to have another spoonful, he's puckering up those lips and spitting out whatever else I give him. He is amazing at listening to his hunger and fullness cues. In fact, I find myself telling him all the time when I'm feeding him new solid foods, Cole, you're such a great eater <laughs> because he's just so in tune with what his body is telling him. We tend to lose sight of this as we get older because as adults and even adolescents, we're more focused on what is expected of us and we're more influenced by our external variables like timing. Well, I have to eat at this time because that's when my lunch hour is. I have to eat at this time because that's when everybody else is eating. Well, other people around me are having beverages and having treats, so I guess I might as well have beverages and treats too, even in the absence of hunger. We also start to use food as coping mechanisms. So even in the absence of hunger, if I'm bored, stressed, tired, lonely, frustrated, etc., I have probably learned at some point in my life that food is a temporary source of pleasure. And so once again, even in the absence of hunger, I eat or I drink. And it, all of those things combined pull us further and further away from tuning into our true physiological hunger and fullness cues, which often results in gaining body fat and weight. So if our goal is to do the opposite, it can be extremely beneficial to try eating only when you're truly physiologically hungry and stopping when you're satisfied or full rather than stuffed. When I walk my coaching clients through this, I often like to use a scale of one to 10. 
10 being, I am so ravenous that I would eat absolutely anything you put in front of me. And one being, I'm so stuffed. If I even think about food, I might be physically ill. The goal is to eat around a seven or an eight when you're hungry, but not starving and not in the absence of hunger. On the flip side of the scale, the goal would be to stop eating around a three when you're full and you don't need any more rather than feeling stuffed and physically ill. If you're satisfied, you don't need food. Oftentimes, our environment, the things around us, the people around us lead us to eat for reasons other than hunger. And while that's okay, sometimes simply being aware of our hunger cues and acknowledging that if we're not hungry, our bodies are saying we don't need energy right now can be hugely beneficial when creating fat loss progress. Option three, when you don't want a calorie count, but you still want to lose body fat is prioritizing protein and fiber. Whether you're eating at home or you're going out, whether you're enjoying a meal or a snack, if you commit to prioritizing a serving of protein and a fiber source before choosing carbohydrate and fat, you will make progress <laughs> because carbs and fats are everywhere. They're also the most palatable nutrients, meaning they're the tastiest and the easiest to overeat. Whereas protein and fiber are two of the most filling nutrient categories. So when we prioritize eating protein and fiber first, we will almost always eat fewer carbs and fats and fewer total calories. This might look like choosing a fish or a steak entree when you're eating out at a restaurant and subbing out one of the carb sides for a seasonal vegetable. So if what you're ordering comes with a rice pilaf and a roll, or it comes with a potato and some other sort of carb, you can swap one of those out for a veggie to make sure you're getting your source of fiber. And instead of choosing something like a pasta dish, you're making sure that you're prioritizing a protein. It could also look like ordering a side salad with some chicken before diving into a slice of pizza. Oftentimes we go for the carbon fat first. We start with the pasta, we start with the pizza and we eat more than what our body needs. So we're not hungry for the protein or the fiber. And that ends up being more total calories than when we prioritize protein and fiber first. Now hear me when I say carbs and fats are not bad. In fact, our body needs carbohydrate and our body needs fat. Those are simply easier to overeat. So by prioritizing the alternate two, protein and fiber, we tend to get more nutrients for fewer calories. And we tend to feel a heck of a lot better too. Are these the only options? Hell no, <laughs> there's so many other options. For example, you could employ one or more of the following fat loss supportive swaps like swapping out some or one processed packaged calorie dense food for a more whole food oriented nutrient dense item. Maybe you're starting your morning with a muffin or cereal or granola bar. Could you swap that out for maybe some overnight oats or an egg scramble? That might leave you feeling more satisfied, giving you more nutrients and for a lower calorie cost. Could you swap out some sugar sweetened beverages like juice or 
frappuccinos or soda for water or other calorie-free beverages. Sometimes we forget about the liquid stuff, but there's a lot of literature out there that shows that most Americans drink over 500 calories throughout the day. Just drinking, and that's not even keeping us full. Could you swap a meal or two out or ordered in for a meal or two made at home? It's very easy to get caught up in our hustle culture and feel like we have no time to prepare meals at home. But we also have to remember that not only are we sacrificing physical cost, eating meals out comes at a price, but we're also sacrificing some calorie cost because most meals that we eat out or the takeout that we get delivered in contains more calories, more carbs, more fat than anything that I might make on my own at home. These things might sound insignificant, they might feel really small, but I want you to remember that even a few small swaps like these, repeated several times throughout the week, can add up to big results over time. So I shared four alternative options with you today. Are these the only four? No, they're just four that work for a lot of my clients and that I would recommend to anyone who said, Nicole, I wanna lose body fat, but I don't want to count calories. And I wanted to share them with you today so that you know it's possible to make fat loss progress without feeling chained to a calorie counting app. If you want some help doing this, reaching your sustainable fat loss goal without feeling changed to an app or feeling like you have to count calories or points or carbs, I'm here to help. Fill out a coaching application. The link is in the show notes below. And let me help you reach your fat loss goal in a way that feels so confidently maintainable. You will never need my fitness pal ever again. Catch you on the flip side squad. Thank you for listening to this episode of the health wealth, and wisdom podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.